Well, hello, and welcome to The Insecurity Project. I'm your host, Jamin Fraser, and I am on a mission to end the unnecessary suffering caused by the fear of not being good enough. We've all got it. We've all got to work through it. But thankfully, there is a clear, intelligent, and complete solution to the insecurity problem, and that is what this project is all about. Hope you enjoyed today's program. on the Insecurity Project with Jamin. Uh, today I've got another coaching demonstration and uh, these, as I say all the time, these are highly sought after sessions. People are constantly, the feedback that I get is these conversations that I have with other people uh, are so useful and so um, the reason I do them more often is because it requires someone to be quite vulnerable and courageous to uh, bring a very real issue to the table and be prepared to be vulnerable in front of a crowd. So when you're listening along, uh, you don't have love and respect for the person who I'm coaching because um, they're giving you a real gift by being willing to uh, bring something real for them in their own life. So um, I've got Lorna with me today. Lorna's got some very real stuff going on, very painful stuff, so I really acknowledge you, Lorna, and, and uh, thanks for being willing to be uh, coached live today. So, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, my pleasure. So, um, you know, we were chatting a bit before we hit record just around the fact that this is a very sacred space. And I think I think it's the most useful space to talk about the real issues of our life because real issues are very sensitive issues and particularly painful issues. I think it gets messy when people have a vested interest in those situations being a certain way and there's a lot of extra complexity that can, comes into those conversations. Uh, whereas this conversation is really clean because I have no vested interest. Um, it's not my life. It's not my problem. I don't need to fix it. I don't need to solve it. It's not affecting me in any way. So I, I don't need to be the hero in the story. Uh, all, all that I offer is a chance to, to serve you by helping you uh, you know, even step out of your own story and just have a look around and explore what's actually happening and what is in your capacity to change and control. So the aim of this conversation is to give you more awareness and more choice and to move you closer to where you'd like to be. So uh, I, I think that's what makes this conversation safe and hopefully it makes it particularly useful. So what, what was it particularly that you'd like to bring to the table from your own life and your own experience at the moment that you think would be useful to have a conversation about? Um, I'd like to work on self-parenting traumatised children and repairing those relationships and moving forward through them, which is a bit complex, but yeah. Yeah, great. So um, currently parenting children who've experienced some high-level trauma and yeah. uh, the, the, the challenges of parenting that. And uh, from what you were saying, you've experienced some trauma yourself, so there's, there's a quite a, a high level of trauma in this whole situation. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so the, the ability to know how to navigate that and how to love and care for these children and yourself moving yeah. forward. Is that, have I understood that? <laughs> yes. Without what, sorry? Uh, yeah, without... Um, so looking after myself enough to be able to teach my kids that they are loved and that it's I'm not projecting any of my hurt onto them. 
um, and just understanding each other because as time's gone on, um, the relationships have deteriorated and it's not because we don't love each other, it's just because we've got all these traumas and we're unable to communicate well with each other. Yeah, sure. I understand. Um, so what, what specifically would make this conversation useful to you? What would be a really great outcome to have come out of this this yeah, this yeah coaching session? Any pointers or tips that can um, give me some sort of direction on um, where to go for, to? Um, like I've gone to trauma counsellors psychologists and um, I should be flat I'm not and I, I just Sorry, you should be try. you should be you should be flat I should be flat I should have given up <laughs> and I have oh, yeah, right. <laughs> you Which, yeah, right. and, and and my kids like my kids are great kids um, yeah. but we're just not connected yes yeah, sure. and that breaks my heart and I'm sure they're not overjoyed with the whole <laughs> experience either. Um, yeah. So anything that you can offer that says, oh, hey, have you tried this? I'm willing to try anything to help yeah, my great. family come back together. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think um, when I think about solutions I think to really understand the nature of the problem is is a really great first step in, in any believable way forward and um, so tell me how you understand a trauma as, as a problem like it's a it's a big word it's a very loaded word so to tell me how you understand um, trauma has affected you and has caused grief and pain without delving into the specifics of, of what happened oh. but, but at, at a high level you know how was trauma a problem as you understand um, it any grief loss major life event that has caused significant pain um, and unhealing with the way that we function how do I go with like giving you a clear picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. sure. Um, yeah, significant life events that aren't within the norms of what you would expect when you get mm -hmm. out of bed to face the day. Yeah, sure. So stuff outside your control that's, that's happened to you that's caused loss, grief, sadness, pain uh, at a significant yeah. level is the nature of trauma, yeah. as you understand it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. So if that's if that's the the essence of the problem, um, how do you understand that problem must well can be resolved? How what's the, the way that trauma can be navigated as you understand it? And you've got some lot of first hand experience with this, so I'd be interested as to how you think this problem can be solved. Um I think it'd be healing, but when the healing is not able to be resolved from because the hurt is so deep, then that bit I'm a little bit troubled by. Um, 
so even with forgiveness, um, you're still you're still trying to pick it up and keep it. Does that make sense? I see. So, yeah. So um, yeah, like I, I think so. Can you tell me a bit a bit bit more about that that wanting to hang on to it? Um, it's like you want to control because all these events are uncontrollable. Yeah. So everything's happened outside of your control. When you say I forgive and you give it away, you still want to control it because you're immediately stepping back into that trauma by saying I forgive and. Once you forgive, you're still, and you're trying to give away that control bit by forgiving, you're stepping back into the control, uh, uncontrolled territory. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, so would it be, uh, do I have permission to uh, share some, some other ideas around why trauma is a problem? Um, and a way of thinking about that problem that's that's different from the way you described. I understand it's a sensitive subject and it's your thing, so I'm not presuming to try and fix or change your view, um, but your stated desire for this conversation was to be, okay, is there anything outside of the realm that I've thought about for this subject? So is it okay to, to explore some, some other stuff around trauma? Yeah, that'd be good. Sure. Um, so one of the interesting things around problem solving is that typically people think the problem is outside of them. That's where the problem was created. And while ever it remains there, then you are a victim by the very definition of, of the word and the, the solution's got to come from outside of you. Um, so that makes it pretty disempowering. Uh, the, the nature of trauma, as I understand it, is that the real essence of the problem is um, broken relationship with yourself through painful things that have happened. And the way that I've seen this play out, um, my former business partner and I got to do some work in in soldier recovery, so understanding the nature of post-traumatic stress disorder um, in relation to Defence. So, you know, people have seen some pretty horrific experiences and been in war situations. They've seen all kinds of horror um, and then come back and be labelled PTSD and are unable to function because the amount of trauma that they've been, they've suffered. So, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously they've had all kinds of psychology and medication and, you know, strategies as a way of helping that. But if the problem is understood, if something happened to you, and it was outside of your control, and now all you can do is try and process that and time is going to heal it and you just have to kind of learn to deal with that and get over it, um, you know, who knows whether that's even possible. It's a, it's a quite a, um, a difficult way of thinking about that as a problem. And so some of the leading research around human behavioural science and NLP and coaching kind of explored this idea that perhaps it wasn't that a soldier was in trauma because they saw a bomb go off or they saw someone die or they saw someone um, brutally disfigured or whatever it was. It was that uh, when they saw that happen, they weren't allowed to have a human response to it. So if you think about soldier training, you know, day one, of becoming enlisted, it's about dehumanising um, and forming a soldier. So 
human emotions are not useful in wartime. You're not if a soldier all of a sudden feels empathy or compassion or fear or anxiety or uh, any of the, the natural responses to these situations, well, he's not going to be able to function. What he needs is mm. direct obedience to a clear command. Um, and that's the whole training, the whole basic training is around that. And, and that's for the safety of the whole unit. If his commanding officer knows that when he says jump over that wall and face that enemy, then this soldier is going to do exactly what he is told without questioning. So, um, so that whole process is actually dehumanising. I'm not saying that's good or bad, right or wrong. It's just the process of becoming a soldier. Uh, and so that's to ignore the human response to um, these difficult situations because a normal a civilian in that situation couldn't survive, couldn't cope, and would be, would be out of, unable to function with that level of stuff going down. So all that to say... Um, the problem with that is the soldier still is a human being. And so on still on some level still has basic human responses to horror and loss. And, uh, you know, that stuff still is there somewhere. And yeah. if it continues to be suppressed and there's no avenue for it to be expressed, um, the, the unconscious, uh, which, which houses those emotions, kind of goes, well, this is not actually working for, any, for me anymore. And this idea of being suppressed and ruled over and told this is not okay, well, I'm not, I'm not okay with that anymore. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to revolt and I'm going to take over. And so there's this battle between the conscious mind saying, we're going to do this, and the unconscious mind going, well, are you going to do that? Well, watch this. I'll throw up chronic fatigue, breakdown, burnout, injury, illness, so that you no longer have to be a soldier anymore and you're out of action and there'll be nothing you can do about it. That'll be how strong it'll be. And so there's this total breakdown of trust within the person. The unconscious goes, I don't like the decisions you continue to make. You make dangerous decisions. You make decisions that put put us into pain, into horror, into stuff that we shouldn't ever have seen. Um, and it'll be hard to ever forget seeing. And you keep doing that. And I don't like that. And... And, you know, I am sad and, and I am upset and I do want my mum and, you know, all this stuff and that is real. So so that relationship gets totally broken down. And the, the really cool thing around that is if that's where the problem actually is, you know, not actually seeing the bomb go off, but it's the response to that and the inability to feel human in that, then that if that's what the problem is, and then that problem's caused a breakdown in the relationship between conscious and unconscious, well, then that's really cool because it means that that problem can be solved by rebuilding trust, by learning to listen and trust and honour your own response and your own stuff to say, no, no, that's not okay and I I don't have to be okay with that. Um, does that. Does that all make sense, first of all, before we then think about how that may or may not apply to your situation? Yes, I work with self and um, feeling safe yourself. Well, yeah, and primarily building yeah. a relationship of trust between your unconscious sure. and conscious and being fully human in a situation. Yeah. yeah. So um, from what I understand around uh, childhood um, trauma, you know, around uh, abuse and violence and all kinds of, of poor things, you know, of horrible things that children get subjected to is that it's in those moments that they have very human responses to them, but there is no, they're not allowed to have those human responses. They, they get taken away from them. And so 
they, uh, you know, this relationship with themselves gets totally broken then and they don't know what to do with that stuff. And there's this breakdown inside of them that, that manifests as trauma and creates a whole bunch of other dysfunction. Um, but how does that idea sit with you in terms of the nature of the problem being within your own relationship with yourself rather than the problem being what you were exposed to or had happened to you or had done to you? How does that feel as a concept? Yeah, it's a good concept to um, identify and actually catch myself out being like to raise that voice rather than just let it slide, like um, change the thought pattern. Hmm. Yeah. Because the, the interesting thing with trauma is that if you can't trust yourself, then you can't be safe. Because then your unconscious goes, well, if I don't create trauma here, and then we're going to go into more situations like this and there's going to be no barrier. There's going to be no honesty. There's going to be no um, ability to say no or stop or don't or there'll be no way of exiting these strategies because this trust has broken down and the natural response to ugly, wrong things hasn't been honoured in the past and so the unconscious is like, well, I'm not sure it'll be honoured in the future, so therefore we're not okay. And I'm taking over. Yeah. Yeah. So we just get hurt and hurt and hurt. Well, that's right. Yes. And then you start hurting your own self because there's no trust internally and the whole situation just continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah. So then, what would what would the solution be? If that's the if that's the nature of the problem. What would be the way forward? Set boundaries and speak more. And what's that? To me, speak more. Look after me. Speak kindly to my kids. Like even if they're hurting and they're hurting me try to speak nicely to them that that sounds like validate them well that sounds like a solution that you've already had implanted in your mind as what you already do and um, you know part of why we're having this conversation is because that's not solving the problem what do you suggest well well just let me hold the space you back and go um, you know, if the nature of the problem is that you've broken trust with yourself and so there's there's no safety internally, then what would the logical solution be as a way out of trauma? Just focus on me. And what specifically about you? Feeling safe, secure, um, self-confident, um, knowing that I'm worthy and loved and appreciated uh, as me. Um, Great. Again, they sound like the, they sound like the right answers. Like I'm not, I'm not uh, going to judge your responses. 
I'm just mindful that if those words are easy to say, and I'm sure you've said those to yourself a thousand times before, and they haven't got you what you want. So there's something if there's something different about the way forward that has the potential to get a different result rather than just, oh, yeah, that's it. It's got to be kind. I've got to accept myself. Yeah, I've got to, okay, affirmations and I know that I'm worthy. Um, If if the problem is broken trust with yourself, then what is the solution? To trust my gut. You, you, You have to rebuild trust. With me. With you, that is the only way out. If you don't trust your own self, then you are not safe and you are going to go into situations that are dangerous and hurt you and hurt those you love. And so there's this, there's this constant anxiety around life. Life is dangerous because you can't even protect yourself. That's we sound bad, but... Yeah. Well... I, I, yeah, that's not the intention. No, I get no, that it's like, confronting. I get that it's yeah. confronting. But in, but interestingly, um, when you realise that the issue is inside you, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, I haven't been protecting myself." Wow, that's not very kind. How could I actually be my own refuge? How could I be safe for myself? How yeah, could I? Yeah, how could I be safe? That's right. When everyone else has done wrong, how can I do right by me and not continue this pattern? Yeah, the one person forgotten in the whole relationship thing is me. For sure, and you've forgotten you. That's the point. It's not that anyone else has forgotten you. You forgot you and you've broken trust and you have said yes when you wanted to say no and said no when you wanted to say yes and... Um, yeah, have violated this relationship with yourself. And so so at a process level, how do you restore relationships where trust is broken? So, so think about someone else that you've broken trust with. Or so, yeah, think about so people that are, that are not you. So two people who've broken trust with, with each other. How does trust be rebuilt? Um, so... You're supposed to change your um, change your behaviours. So you've got to do the forgiveness and identify what was wrong and how you're going to make it right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. allow that change to happen. Um, which you're not going to get right first chop. You'll have a few goes at that. And then you're going to get it wrong again and go back to the wrong way to get it right again. And you're just going to have to keep on coaching yourself to get it right. Sure. Uh, sure yeah. Uh, well, I think that's a really, a really great idea. I think there's, a, there's one piece that if you were to add to it actually makes that more believable. So you saw, forgive yourself. Well... Well, just to think about, um, yeah, that's that's definitely a key part of it. Um, so if you think about two people who've, who've wronged each other on a simple level, so they did something that just was annoying and, and quite minor in the scheme of things, 
trust is still being broken. And that if they want to find a way to restore trust, trust can be rebuilt, but yet there's a certain path to walk. Um, and it's a, it's a common path. I think it's, a, it's not an easy path, but it's not a complicated path. So the way that I understand that path is there's probably four things that would need to happen for that relationship to be okay again. Um, so the person who's made the mistake is going to have to apologise properly. And, mm-hmm. um, and there's a big difference between a proper apology and uh, one that doesn't cut it. You know, so just saying, oh, sorry, like that's actually not an apology. It didn't fix anything. It may make things worse. Um, but a proper apology has, has four distinct stages. Um, the first of those stages, for it to work, for it to be effective, and if it works, then there's no reason why trust can't be rebuilt. For it to work, you have to have an, an understanding of what it was that you did specifically. You know, because I don't know whether you've ever heard someone apologise, oh, sorry, and you're like, I don't even, you don't even know what you did. Like, so how could you possibly be sorry? <laughs> name what you're yeah. apologising for. Yeah, specifically, it's how like, that okay, person I, is feeling. Well, absolutely, there's got to be this, this empathy around it, but it specifically starts with going, right, I understand what we're talking about is when I actually did this, that's what upset you. This, this act of mine, this, or what I said or what I did, I'm, we're, we're on the same page and I know exactly what we're talking about here. It's not something I'm denying, not taking responsibility for, you know, I'm clear about what it was I did. That's upset you. Great. Um, the second key thing is often really overlooked, and that is some self-awareness around why that took place. Because say, for instance, I lied to you and I come and say, oh, Lauren, look, I'm really sorry. Um, yeah, I understand that I did lie to you yesterday. When I said I was going to do this and I didn't do it, I, I lied. Uh, I'm really sorry. Can you forgive me? You'd be like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't, you don't really seem to know why you lied. Um, so I'm not sure this is not going to happen again tomorrow. You know, so you, you, that person still is dangerous. But if I say to you, look, um, yeah, Lauren, I, I lied to you yesterday, and that's, well, you know, let me just tell you what was happening inside me when I when I went there. Like, I, I actually, I wanted you to like me, and so I thought the truth would cause you to disapprove of me. So I had to tell you something that, that I thought you wanted to hear, which just wasn't true, so that you like, you, you didn't, not like me in that situation. And I can see now that's a really poor strategy, you know, because yeah. it di- didn't work, you know, but that's why I lied to you. Um, so to, to actually understand, like, have some self-awareness and why that happened is, is, is essential. The next thing is some empathy and that's sincere apology. And so to me to go, look, when I lied and I was wanting, uh, I actually know that that caused you some pain because that's, that's really low quality and, you that that caused you a hope for something and expect something that didn't happen, which then created pain for you. And I'm, if someone lied to me, I'd be really upset with them. So I get it, and I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and then the final piece. So, so number one, what it was. Number two, why he did it. Number three, sincere apology, heartfelt empathy. And number four, a believable plan about why it's unlikely to happen again in the future. So I had the sense of going right. I understand that what caused me to lie was wanting you to like me. Um, I understand that I've got to work out to like me first. I've got to, I've got to do the work around owning my own likability, irrespective of what anyone else thinks. That's my believable plan to not be needy. And if I'm not needy, then I'm not going to need to lie. 
Um, mm-hmm. I can be I can be more forthcoming with the truth because I don't require on your affirmation to feel like I'm a good person. Um, if I do those four steps, um, there's no reason why you won't go. Yeah, look, I, I get it. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. I appreciate that. Um, I do the same thing sometimes, you know, and yeah, great. I, I value that apology and let's be friends again and let's clear the slate and go again because I've become mm-hmm. safe. You don't, you don't need me to be perfect. You don't need me to promise it'll never, ever, 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 ever happen again. You just need to get a sense that I understand why that happened and I'm working on it and this is all heading in the right direction. Then I've become safe. Yeah. Does that make sense? That does. Yeah. Um, so if you think about, uh, you know, you the broken trust internally, then imagine applying those same four ideas to that broken relationship with yourself. You know, mm-hmm. imagine realizing that this trauma has not been created outside of you. There's been some terrible things that have happened, but it's actually how you've not allowed yourself to have a human experience to those and then, as a result, been unsafe for yourself moving forward. And so to repair that trust, there's an apology. Imagine applying those same four steps to your own self. How do you think that would go? I'm going to give it a go and see if I can move forward for myself. Um, Sure. If someone said that to me, if someone had hurt me, and I said, "Look, could you could you like apologise?" and they they said to me, um, "Yeah, look, I'll I'll give it a go." I'll be just like, "What do you mean? What do you mean you'll give it a go? Like, you've hurt me. Can can you can you fix it, please? Do you know what I mean?" So, um, what's the resistance? What's what would prevent you from wanting to apologise to yourself effectively and rebuild trust? Because I have that, um, I deserve an apology to me because I haven't treated myself well. I've not, I've looked after everybody else and mm. not cared for me. Great. And? And not because you're a bad person, because you, you try to do the best that you can do in the situation. Yeah. But nevertheless, you have broken trust and you're not safe for yourself. And to move forward, that's that's the issue on the table. Yeah. That's the conversation to be had with yourself and that's the re- the repair work to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And to look after me and put time into me. Uh-huh. So how and do you feel? Sorry, I cut you off. And look after me. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So that that four steps to an effective apology. Um, I get like it's not. I, I the way the reason I pulled you up on that language is not to say this is right or wrong. It's like that response wasn't going to get you what you said you wanted, which was a way forward, a way out of this. Yeah. So you don't have to. I'm, I'm not saying you have to do this or this is 
the right or wrong. I'm just exploring whether this resonates for you and whether this is a believable step for you and whether you are willing to actually go down this path of uh, realizing the the problem is actually inside you and that it's in the form of broken trust and that you have the ability to rebuild trust by uh, having this conversation. I'm just checking in to see whether that feels like a plan to you and whether that's a plan you are ready to commit to. Yeah. Um, my understanding, as I've talked to you, is that my family is all these people that don't trust themselves. And yeah, really? Well, wow. <laughs> And so we all need to separately go, I'm sorry that I haven't looked after me. Mm. I... I really need to look after me. I need a whole lot of repair work done, and I, I really want to work better on me. And when yeah. I'm whole, then I'll be ready to work with you, whoever yeah. that person is, and um, however that looks, and whether it's like a month's time, six months' time, a year's time, just that healing process in, to go, I'm worthy. Entirely. And that, that is the exact process a soldier goes through to go, I can't function in the real world. The real world's not safe for me right now. So whatever you need from me, I, I'm not going to have to feel it. So there's no point in me making promises to care for someone else and look after this and that because I can't even function. The way out is for me to rebuild this relationship with myself. That's the only hope I've got of being able to function in the real world again and plug back into marriage or plug back into parenting or plug back into work, plug back into health. That is the only way. And so you're right. So whether this takes a day, whether it takes a year, whether it takes 10 years, it's not the point. The point is that's the healing work. That's the repair. That's the trust. That's that's the way out. And, And... and that's uh, it's a challenging but beautiful place to come to because it's if you get clear on where the problem really is, then when you invest energy in solving that problem, you're making progress. If you're not really clear about what is the problem, then you inevitably waste time and energy on stuff that's not ever going to fix it. Yep. Been there, done it. <laughs> sure, yeah. and A long time of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um, that that feels like uh, an okay place to end the conversation. Obviously, there's, we just scratch the surface in terms of you know where to from here. But that feels like a, a complete idea in terms of giving you some stuff that's not been the way you've approached this problem before, and uh, it seems like something that resonates for you about. Uh, what you can commit to, to to get yourself out of this place. Is that how it feels from your end as well? Yeah, so I'll um I'll do the self apology stuff each day. So as it's something that it's like a self talk stuff. Um, um so as I can Okay, just just try that on for a minute. Imagine if someone hurt you and they're rebuilding trust, and they apologise to you every day. How how would your experience be around that? 
Visszahozom Yeah, I suppose because I I don't I don't get apologies. Um or self positive self talk. Great, so affirmations is, is really yeah. important. But if, if someone yeah. kept going, Oh, I'm sorry, every time you say I'm just sorry, you'd be like, Okay, great, so show me. Like work on the believable plan, you've identified what it was, why it was, great. I, I accept your apology. Now let's move on. You know, if, if, yeah. every, if that's all the conversation is, just, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It's like, that's not useful anymore. That's actually now becoming more of a problem. So so I think it's the responsibility piece going, right, I made a mistake and I'm going to fix it. Good. Yeah. And, and I didn't make the mistake because I'm a bad person, by the way. I made, made the mistake because I was doing the best I knew at the time. And now I understand more about myself and how I work and how I work. And so I have more resources to be able to not do this in the future. So there's every reason to trust me, every reason to yeah. accept my apology and to rem- you know, move this um, relationship forward again, you know, rather than groveling or rather than feeling like the bad person or whipping yourself. Like that's not an effective apology. That never works in the real world. So it's not going to work in the inner world either. Okay. Okay. All right. Is that all okay? You, you, yep, that's all right. Yep. Is that um, you got what you needed out of the conversation today? Yeah. Now, I hope you really enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, for those of you who've been following my work for a while, uh, I've put out the seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity. Uh, I'm convinced that insecurity can be overcome and not just masked, managed or avoided. Uh, but I think people who throughout time have found a way to show up to life unhindered have done so a certain way. There are keys that each of them have used. And so my work has been to compile these ideas and, and make sense of the stuff that's worked and, and deconstruct key ideas so they can be used and reproduced. So look, that's available on my website. Um, I'm particularly interested in having conversations about overcoming insecurity for entrepreneurs and even more particularly 35 to 40-year-old entrepreneurs. I just think entrepreneurs have got skin in the game. They have such a desperate need to solve this problem because it's all them showing up in the world solving problems. So it's good for the world to have entrepreneurs uh, at their best where it matters most. So if that's you, uh, love to have a conversation. Jump on my website, have a look at the seven essential practices and take the online assessment just to see how you measure up against these seven practices and how well you're doing. And uh, look, love, love to have a conversation with you if you think it could be helpful. I'll talk to you again next week. You've been listening to The Insecurity Project. I hope you found the content and conversations useful. And remember, you are not just the actor in the story, you are the storyteller. You have the ability to turn this all around. For more information about overcoming insecurity, check out theinsecurityproject.com.